0: Anyway, it's so good to be back. Um, I love you. And, and whenever we get together, it's, it's beautiful. So I missed you. Um, before we dive in and get busy with what God has for us this morning, um, we are entering starting next week with a four-week awesome Advent series uh, called The Advent Conspiracy. It sounds deliciously rebellious, doesn't it? And it is. We're going to turn... Um, some of the ways that we traditionally celebrate um, the birth of Jesus on its head and and celebrate in a way that's gonna change everything and bless a lot of people. If you know somebody who is really kind of into simplifying their life, um, invite them. They'd love this. Um, If you know somebody who needs to celebrate uh, by simplifying, invite them. They'll love this. If you need to, if you know somebody who needs to meet um, the reason to celebrate anything. Um, that's Jesus. Invite them. They'll love this. You'll love this. Um, I can't wait. So that's what lies ahead. It's going to be great. Uh, today, we're going to chat a little bit more about Thanksgiving because Thanksgiving, rightfully celebrated, if we understand it deeply and do it really well, is too great. It's too beautiful to just kind of confine to one uh, 24-hour period of turkey overeating and and all of that football and napping and and joy. It's it's too, you can't contain it in the ways that we contain it. So if we really believe what the Bible says, then Thanksgiving is more than one of many um, uh, moods that we can latch on to whether we feel like it or, you know, sometimes we don't. Um, it's not just one alternative of a way we can feel. It is something that God calls us, um, he's leading us into life and freedom and joy. He calls us to, to live in, to, it, it, the Bible uses the word abide, to make our home in this this thanksgiving that wells up in our hearts continually continually and It does more than make us feel warm and fuzzy. It it, it does that, but real thanksgiving, really being thankful um, has the mystical supernatural power to invade our psyche, our hearts, our thoughts, our entire lives, and somehow mystically transport us, beat me up Scotty style, to the very presence of Jesus Christ where we can bask in his love and grace and all the junk just kind of fades away. You know that old hymn, turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. That's what this is talking about. This thing that true thanksgiving has the power to do. And even as... As I share it with you, and I've heard those words before as I prepare, you know, and, 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 and at the 9 o'clock, even now, like my heart is crying out, I, I need that, I need that, I, I crave that, don't you? don't you? Don't you want that? Like every moment of every day, that kind of, that, that awesome awesome experience. So get ready. Um, we're calling this the ultimate blessing. So if you have your Bibles, um, please grab them. Open them to the book of Luke in the New Testament. That's the third book, Matthew, Mark, Luke. Um, we're going to be in chapter 17. If you don't have a Bible, you like to use one or just merely look super spiritual. Um, look under one of the seats in front of you. You could grab one of those. That's yours to use or that's yours to keep if you don't own one. Um, just free of charge. That's our gift. If you have uh, a phone that has the U version on it, we have a a live event on tap for you again this morning, so boot that up. Are you ready? Let's go. Let's go. We're going to read a story that if you hang around church a lot, it's going to be familiar to you, but we're going to take it in a little bit of a different direction, okay? So hang with us. We're going to pick it up in verse 11. Here we go. On the way to Jerusalem, he was passing along. Okay, okay, just back it up. Who's he? Who are we talking about? Like you're not sure. Always say Jesus. You always guess, okay? You're right. You get a gold star. It's Jesus. On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. Long trip. Verse 12, and as he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers. That's lepers, not leopards. That would change the story a lot. Who stood at a distance. They had to. They were quarantined, right? Verse 13. They lifted up their voices saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Verse 14. When he saw them, he said to them, go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. They were healed. Then one of them... One of the ten, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him, say that word with me, thanks. Now, he was a Samaritan. Now, the footnote in my Bible under Samaritan says, non religious, marginalized, reject, slime ball, according to the Jews. I don't know, it's just my, my footnote. Um, then Jesus answered, We're not ten cleansed. Where are the other nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? This foreigner, if you're a Jew in this time, think Palestinian, okay? And he said to him, rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. It has sozoed you in the Greek. It has saved you. It's made you whole. You are well, not just your skin, but your innards, your heart, your eternity is well. It is healed. That is great news. That is great news, especially if you're a non-religious, marginalized, reject slimeball. Jesus loves you a lot, a lot. So um, that's what we're looking at. If you hang around church and you listen to podcasts, and um, you may have heard uh, messages on this, uh, passage, this story, and you may be expecting sort of a scolding, don't you be like the other nine or or God will not love you. You're not going to get that. I'm sorry. For two reasons. A, because it's a lie. And two, because it's stupid. It's stupid, right? I mean, Thanksgiving is an authentic, genuine, Outpouring of a heart overflowing with gratitude, right? You can't scold somebody into that. You can't. However, moms, and we love you dearly, all of you who are moms, they didn't get that memo, did they? No. They, they, you know where this is going, don't you? Yeah. It doesn't matter when you grew up, it doesn't matter who your mom was. She got the, 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 the elusive, invisible mom handbook, right? So when you got something, right, for which you did not or forgot to say thank you, what does mom do? God bless her. She waits a second and then says, you're welcome, to which you say a very heartfelt thank you. <laughs> that is not quite the Thanksgiving that we're talking about. That is not the Thanksgiving that has that mystical, supernatural power to invade our psyches, our hearts, our thoughts, and, and somehow mystically transport us, beat me up, Scotty style, right into the presence of Jesus Christ to bask in his love and, and glory. It doesn't have that power. We're not talking about, you better send God a thank you note or he won't bless you again he's not like your grandma. not. Not, not, not that, you know. I love you. I love you. God is not like us, thank goodness. Thank goodness. He is seducing in the very best sense of the word us into that love relationship, where that thanksgiving is just welling up and pouring out and being filled with more of himself. Jesus wants that for us. That is what we call the ultimate blessing. So what we're going to do, we're going to take a look a little bit, really briefly, at the story. Um, we'll pick out a couple of things that we need to notice. We'll see what that reveals about the personality, the nature, the, the character of God, um, what that calls us to in terms of that deep, powerful Thanksgiving, when it's really hard to do that, and and how that works out in our lives here and now. And so, uh, and then we'll go home and we'll eat turkey sandwiches um, with lots of mayonnaise because, my friends, I don't know the chapter and the verse, but Miracle Whip doesn't do it. It doesn't. It's not a miracle. That's a lie. Okay. So I I try, I do. So here we have Jesus, and he's on a road trip with his boys, right? And he goes into a village, and there are ten lepers. Now, what is a leper? Now, leprosy, or lepers, people who suffer from leprosy, they have this atrocious epidemic, highly contagious. Um, degenerative, destructive skin disease. Okay, so because it's so contagious, they have to be quarantined away from anybody who who doesn't have that disease, so so they won't catch it. So so they are exiled, right? And so so that's those are the those are the guys, and there are ten of them. Why ten? Well, maybe they were having a pickup game of basketball. don't well, you know, and, and, and it's called a pickup game because it's like um, one of them has the ball and missed the, the layup. He said, dude, you just fouled me. You hacked my arm when I'm going up for the layup. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. If you didn't, what is my arm doing on the ground under the basket? Would you pick it up for me? That's a pickup game of basketball <laughs> for lepers. I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop right there. I'm not feeling the love. Okay, okay. So they call on Jesus. I'm going to hear about that later. I know I will. Save the emails. I understand. They call on Jesus to have mercy on them. And he tells them to do a really strange thing. Did you notice that? He says, go to the priests. Why? Well, in that in those times, the priests were the ones who could examine you, and and def- and and really put their seal on you as cleansed, as as healed, as able to go back into society. So he sends them to the priests, and they go, which is pretty remarkable because they're not healed yet; they're not they're still, uh, you know. Uh, and as they're going. As they're going, they're miraculously healed completely. And and they all notice it. But one of them notices it and says, hey, hey, this dude over here, this Jesus, that's why. So he turns on his heels, and he runs, and he jumps, and he's screaming, praises to God, and he's singing, and he's jumping, up and down, he's skipping, and he's fist pumping, and he comes, and he falls at the feet of Jesus, and he's just pouring out this deep thanksgiving. Why? Because he knows none of it. He just won the Super Bowl of life, and he knows none of it had to do with him. It all had to do with Jesus. You know what he's doing at the feet of Jesus? He's T-bowing. He's T-bowing. He's like, oh, God, you're so good. He is. He is. That's what he's doing because he just won. He just scored the ultimate touchdown. And he's pouring out his heart to Jesus. And that is like, that's surrender. That's thanksgiving that, that just says, It's all about you. It's not about me. It's not about me. My whole life, my whole everything is wrapped up in you. And in that, he got the second blessing. Thanksgiving, the kind we're talking about, is the second blessing. It is the ultimate blessing. That Thanksgiving that just seizes us in every fiber of our being and drives us back to the source, the ultimate source of every blessing, right? That is, that is what it's about, that full surrender, that just outpouring of, of, of praise to God. Uh, I want to point out, um, if, if you look at verse 18, um, Jesus, just, just a side note, he says, was there no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner. Do you see he's this guy is is shouting and singing and praising God. He's tebowing before the Lord Jesus. And and he is he's praising Jesus and, and Jesus says was no one found to return and give thanks to who? God. You now, this is not too subtle, but I want you to see it. I Want to make sure like if you're a slow learner like me. Okay, praising God in thanksgiving. Praising Jesus in thanksgiving, the same thing. Why? Because Jesus is God. He had no confusion about that. Some of us do, but he had no confusion about that. Jesus was not just a a good teacher. He was not just a, a really insightful prophet with a really good publicist. He was God, the real deal in the flesh, in person, Praising God, praising Jesus. Same thing, because Jesus is God. So you got that. Jesus asks, we're not 10 healed. Where are the other nine? Your faith has saved you. You got the ultimate blessing. You got me, the source of all blessing. You are now in relationship, deep and deepening and ever deepening for eternity. Relationship with the one who loves you best who wants to pour out untold blessings on you. Now, don't get me wrong. This is not the prosperity gospel. I'm talking about deep, everlasting things. Okay, so they call on Jesus. He does that. That's what happens. How many got blessed? Ten. Ten. How many got the second blessing, the ultimate blessing? Just one. Why? Because he not only noticed, he not only appreciated, but he intentionally connected, he took that blessing back to its ultimate source, the blesser, Jesus. Every good thing we need, every good thing in our lives, we need to take back to its ultimate source. That's what he did. And it brought him, in thanksgiving, in that transforming thanksgiving that has that mystical, spiritual power to invade and infect our psyche, our thoughts, our hearts, and and transport us, beam me up Scotty style, into the very presence of Jesus Christ to bask in his love and his grace. He experienced that. We can experience that. We can experience that. Now, let's talk about the other nine and then we'll leave them alone. Now, if you and I were God, what are we going to do with the other nine, you and me? What? You know, Facebook, right? Unfriend, right? And then we're going to post some kind of passive-aggressive status about them, you know, so everybody's going to know that they're on the outs, and they're done. We write them off, right? I do all this for them. This, the thanks I get, okay, have it your way. Don't come looking for blessings for me. That's how we would do it. That's how we do do it. Too often. Thankfully, that's not how Jesus rolls, not with them, not with us, not ever. Because what Jesus does is he still loves people who don't get it yet, which is good news if you're like me a lot of the time. He loves people who don't get it yet. He'll continue to bless them again and again and again in the hopes that one of these blessings would trigger their hearts to soften through his Holy Spirit and drive them, draw them, woo them back into that thanksgiving that has that mystical supernatural power to transport us into the very presence of God to bask in his love and glory. That's what he does. That's what he does to us. So here's a question. Is the constant, uninterrupted state of your life to be engulfed in that 24-7, t-balling before Jesus, thankful for everything, mystical, supernatural, invading, infusing of our psyches, our thoughts, our hearts, transporting us into the very presence of Jesus where we can bask in his love and, and glory. Is that the nonstop condition of your life? If not, you're a lot like me. And if you, if you are, you're a liar, and we have counseling for that. There's no one who's there yet. And there's good news because Jesus isn't looking for a reason to kick us out. He's, he's still wooing. He's still drawing. He's still, he's still calling us in. So given that that's not the constant state of our hearts, chances are that you and I are a lot like the other nine more often than Maybe we wanted to think about, and the good news is that he still loves us. He still loves us. I mean, really, we need to be honest. Don't you, don't you sometimes feel like when we think about thankfulness and gratitude and contentment, don't you feel like you're like one, I'm one blessing away from really, being, really feeling blessed? All I need is this. And we focus a lot on like that one thing that we don't think God has done for us in our present circumstances. And when, 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 when he'll do that, then, then I'll feel blessed. When, or there's a problem, right? There's a, there's a challenge in our life, or maybe many. When, when he fixes that, when he sorts that, then I'm going to be blessed. But blessing is always kind of like just beyond our, our grasp. Because we, we, we tend, you and I, and, and everybody breathing, we, we, we tend to focus more on our present circumstances to define how good God is and how blessed we are rather than looking at who he is, where he is, how he loves, and the fact that he's never going to let us go. We're going to take a look at that in, in just a minute because um, a lot of the things that we got together over uh, Thanksgiving dinner, and and we're grateful for our our good things, friends, family, um, jobs, food, all that stuff is good. But all that stuff can be taken away, and there may come a November when I no longer have my smoking hot wife, when I no longer have my kids, when I no longer have my home, when I have no longer have my friends, when. When everything that I gave thanks for I don't have anymore. Everything that can be taken away will one day go away, except for one. It's God and the love of God. So we need to, in the light of appreciating and enjoying all of this, we need to have our hearts built and and, and, and anchored to that thing that we can be thankful for, that we can never lose. I wouldn't be doing any favors to you if I got you to have this, this unyielding um, affection and thanksgiving for something ultimately that, that one day will be taken away from you, even if it's just death that wrenches it from your hands or from your heart. Okay, or maybe, maybe you're just recognizing some of the blessings and taking some of them back to their ultimate source, but, but not all of them. Not all of them. And, and if we did that, we would, in Gunnison, we'd wake up and say, I look at a blue, a color of blue in the sky that, that few people get to enjoy. All colors, all things, that music of any kind, even country. Um, God bless you if you... Um, it's, 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 it's spiritual, it's, it's beautiful. God invented that. The the beautiful taste of Haagen-Dazs' uh, Swiss chocolate almond ice cream and, and the juxtaposition of the cream and the texture and all of that, the way that a well-cooked burger with really good cheese, I'm not talking about processed cheese food, I'm talking about real cheese, okay? Taste with a good tomato and lettuce and mayonnaise, not Miracle Whip. The way that that goes together, the way cooks did not invent that, God invented that. The, the, the beauty of the place we live, the majesty of the mountains, that the, that the water moves and the planets and the stars that we get to see that few other people get to enjoy, the cold nights when we pile up our our blankets, and I fall asleep holding the hand of my best friend—not Jimmy, my, my wife. Okay, okay. The, f- the, f- the f- I love you, Jimmy, but it's a different love. The fact that I have a boy who is 24, who's 6'5" and 300 pounds, and still snuggles me on the couch while we watch football. That I have a girl who's 20 who lives too far away and is adorable and I can't get enough of her. The fact that I have a choice of what to put on in the morning. The fact that I dial something and hot water hits me. The fact that I can have a cupboard and say, yeah, I don't feel like any of this. That I have a decision about what to eat. So much so that I eat too much of it the very air in my lungs, that I have a family that I treasure, the four of us, and I have a bigger family that God has given me of you guys and the people, even the people at the nine, you know? And we have this family of people in the city and at the university who we love, who may not know how crazy in love God is with them, you, do you take all that back to Jesus and, and T-bow in front of him and pour out your heart i I don't I, I don't, not all the time. But let me tell you what happens when I do when when you do, when when we do, regardless of our GPA. Regardless of our bank account, regardless of our team record, regardless of whatever it is that's going on, regardless of the struggles, regardless, when we do that, those things don't go away, but something spiritual, supernatural happens. Thanks, man. And, and you'll hear more about it as soon as I replace my batteries. Um, something supernatural and spiritual happens. in the midst of all of that what happens is not that the circumstances change but i change because i receive the ultimate blessing i receive the source of all blessing i lift it up and i see Things that were choking me and suffocating me and crippling my heart and stealing my joy and blinding me from faith. And I hear him say, you know how I've got you? Well, I've got that too. Rest. Bask in my love. Bask in my glory and my sovereignty. That kind of surrender, that's what happens. And I need that. I crave that. So, so point one, we got to take everything, and we got to bring it back to its ultimate source. Everything. The things we hear, the things we see, the people we love. And then there are things that can never be taken away. David gets this. King David gets this. He writes about it in Psalm 100. We're going to take a look at that real quick. It's a short psalm. And then we'll, we'll wrap up and get you out of here. David writes, make a joyful noise to the Lord, joyful, make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Now, all the earth, that would include you and me, I'm just saying, okay? This applies to us. Serve the Lord with gladness, come into his presence with singing. This is a celebration. This is a party. This is Thanksgiving on steroids, right? Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us We are his. Say those three words with me, will you? We are his. We are his people. And the sheep of his pasture enter his gates with what? Thanksgiving. And his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. Bless his name. That's the thanksgiving. That Jesus is talking about. That's what it's about. That's what we're talking about here. The thanksgiving that can go from each corner of the earth to the other and and, and fill you, fill you with this mystical, supernatural power as we pour out our hearts and surrender in thanksgiving to God as we Tebow at His feet and can transform us and transport us into His presence to just bask as we would lay out in the sun in his love and his glory. That's what he's talking about. And if you're a thinker, if you think through as you hear the word of God and and as I share some things that that he's kind of shared with me, I hope you're thinking, and if you are, you might be thinking, yeah, that's really easy to do when things are going well. That's easy to do when when I have the right people around me and my job's going well and I've got lots of friends and my bank account's good and my health is good and the weather's nice and I'm skiing or whatever it is for you. When I'm winning, that's easy to do. But here at Bethany, we're really committed to being emotionally and spiritually authentic, which means keeping it real, which means keeping it real. And if we're honest, If we're honest, some of the time, we're struggling. Maybe most of the time, we're struggling. Okay, all of the time, all of us are struggling with something. Maybe many things. And and what do you do? What do you do then? I mean, God is calling us into the reality. He's wooing us. He's drawing us into this reality of overflowing thanksgiving but we also experience the reality of of struggle. I get that. You get that. God gets that. Lady Gaga gets that. Everybody gets that. So what do we do? What do we do about it? Because in real life, the stakes are high, the pressures are continual, and the questions keep coming. And how do we enter into that thanksgiving How how, how do we have this dichotomy? That's why I love Scripture. The good news is the Bible is honest about that. It's honest about the reality of being us and and being called into the reality of who Christ is and living, transferring our our abiding, our citizenship from from this earth to, to Him. It's honest about that. And I love the songwriting, the, uh, the lyrics that David, inspired by the Holy Spirit, puts into the Psalms, because here in Psalm 100 he's going, "Woohoo! It couldn't get any better. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise. Do all this. Yahoo! It couldn't get any better, right? Right? But then, then, same guy, Psalm 13, verse one. here it is: "How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever?" How long will you hide your face from me? That's reality too. And then check out Psalm 69, verses 1 through 3. Save me, O God. The waters have come up to my neck. I sink deep in the mire where there is no foothold. I have come into the deep waters. The flood sweeps over me. I'm weary with crying out. My throat is parched. My eyes grow dim with waiting for my God. He's like up to here so he can breathe. He's just overwhelmed. You didn't know that David was a homeschooling mom before, did you? (laughs) I'm just kidding. Just kidding. And it might feel that way. What does that sound like? It sounds like real life sometimes, doesn't it? Doesn't it? If we're honest, it does. And yet here's, here's the secret. David always comes back to this. Check out later in Psalm 69, when we get to verse 30, here's where the guy in the same song who is gasping for breath says, I will praise the name of God with a song. I will magnify him with thanksgiving. And in that moment of thanksgiving, in the midst of gasping for breath, David experiences the mystical, supernatural power of deep thanksgiving to Jesus that invades our psyche and our thoughts and our hearts and transports us, beam us up, a Scotty, please, into the very presence of Jesus Christ where we can bask in his love and grace and everything changes. And that, my friends, is offered. It is on the table now for you and for me, every moment of every day. How thick-headed am I to get choked out, distracted, and moved away from that by anything? And I do it continually, continually. And maybe you're like me. But the good news is you have a God who understands. You have a God who loves you, who pours grace upon grace, who never gets tired of wooing you into, loving you into that posture, that heart abiding in that thanksgiving. So he he can what? Pour more of himself into you. So he can, that's the ultimate blessing. It's not just the second blessing. It's the ultimate blessing. Because look, if we're honest What I want you to see, and and this is an important thing, is that David is still like this when he's giving thanksgiving. He is delivered not from his circumstances. He is delivered in the midst of his circumstances. They're transformed. The reality of what he is going through changes as he offers thanks to God. Right? Okay. A couple more things to think about, and then we'll go. And the first is, and this is part of being emotionally and spiritually authentic. Let's be honest. It is easy to do a victory celebration dance when you're in the end zone. It is easy to do the victory celebration dance when you score a touchdown. woo, 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 woo. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Now, that's mine. You get your own. You get your own. I know. Moves like Jagger. That's what you're thinking. But um, I'm a pastor, and that's one of the spiritual gifts. It is easy to do a celebration dance when you score a touchdown. It is easy to do it when you end up in the end zone with the ball. Or when you sack the quarterback? What happens when you're the one that gets sacked? Maybe like violent. Maybe like one of those monster sacks that knocks your helmet off, right? Well, just one time. Like, I, I, I'm grateful for all the believers who like, you know, Tebow and, and you know, when, they, when good things happen. Just once. I want to see like a quarterback stagger back up to his feet after losing the helmet. This monster st- sack. He's got a concussion. He just does a point up, you know? is isn't that the question though? Isn't it? I mean, we're fooling around, but that's, that's the issue. It's easy to do this when you're in the end zone. But if God is God and what he says is real, then when you get sacked violently and some of us know exactly, okay, all of us know exactly what that feels like when life kicks you in the gut, do you have anything then to be thankful for? Yes. And David has shown us that. Um, God is calling us into that. That's real thanksgiving. God is calling us into unconditional thanksgiving. Unconditional meaning it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how the circumstances in my life are falling into place or falling apart. He is who he is. And David, in Psalm 1, tell Psalm 100 rather gives us these truths. God is ours, and we are his in Christ. We belong to him. He belongs to us. He is here. He loves us, and he's never letting go. Those things we can be ultimately thankful about. Let's finish up 100 with verse 5. For the Lord is good. God is good no matter what everything else in your life tells you. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. I belong to God. God belongs to me. He's here. He loves me. He's good and he's never letting go. Those things, those things you can give thanks for, whether your hair is on fire, whether you have any, whether you have any, Uh, problems with your family, whether your, your, your life is falling apart. You belong to him in Christ. He loves you. He's right here. He is good, and he's not going anywhere. And his love endures forever. How do we know that? Well, Jesus, Jesus, he saw you as his prized possession, as his, the apple of his eye uh, leading a life like mine that was walking away from being in his presence, basking in his love. And, and he couldn't live with that. So from his throne in glory where everything's beautiful and everything's perfect, beyond the stars, beyond the universe, he leaves his throne and makes this road trip, this rescue mission to, to come for you, f- for you. And for me, and and to live the life that we could not live as our substitute and die the death that we deserve as our substitute and rise again as, as a picture of what we're going to do and give us a love if we surrender to him, if we give ourselves completely to him, where his love will never let go and will endure forever today, every day, no matter what you do or don't do, sin, obey, whatever you do, in him. His love doesn't change forever. Nothing can ever steal that away, ever. Satan, sin, death, hell, tried to kidnap you, tried to steal that away. Jesus loves you so much, he says, over my dead body. And then he died. And three days later, he walked triumphantly out of the grave to show you that he had the strength and power to back up that promise. If you and I only knew this gospel deeply, Every day would be Thanksgiving Day and infused with such power that all of the stuff that drives us nuts, that chokes the life and the hope and the joy out of us, it's nothing in the light of Jesus. You see it in the book of Acts. You see it all through the New Testament. The, old t- the, the apostles get beat with sticks and rods and to a pope and they're, they're praising God that they were worthy to suffer, right? Paul and Silas later on in the book get thrown into prison. What do they do? They sing praises. Thanksgiving transcends. It lifts you up. If, if you don't need that, I, I think you're kidding yourself. I crave that. So, so where are you? Well, regardless of where you are, We need to know the gospel deeply. And we have to get good at at preaching the gospel to ourselves a thousand times a day of telling the story of God's love, that we are His in Christ and He is ours, that He is here, that He loves us, that He is good and that He's never letting go. We need to preach that to ourselves a thousand times a day because a thousand times a day, doesn't matter who you are, there will be those things that come up that try to take your focus, take your heart, take your mind, make you anxious and steal that thanksgiving, that joy, that connection away. Become better at preaching the gospel to yourself. Where are you? Are you in a place, as we close up and we just take stock because God, God wants to exchange where we are for where he wants us to be. So are you in a place where you take every single blessing to him back to its ultimate source and, and pour that out in tebowing outrageous praise and thanksgiving that infuses your mind and your, your psyche and your thoughts and your heart and, and mystically transports you right into the presence of Jesus where you bask in his love and his light and his glory? Are you there? or just sometimes, with some things, intermittently, we can take a step, we can take a step closer, closer to that. Are you, are you living swept away by the constant stream of problems to be solved and challenges to be overcome, or are you constantly being swept up in the glorious thanksgiving to God? Are you like David in the, in the midst of struggle, needing to find a reason to be thankful? Have you been sacked a lot? In fact, look, that's why we do everything here. We come, we sing every week. We sing praises of Thanksgiving. Because some of us this week scored touchdowns, right? Others of us got sacked. But it doesn't matter. We all sing every week, Thanksgiving, because he's good, regardless, regardless. Are you a place I was watching um where are you in a place where where, where I, I think most people are? I was watching the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Anybody? Oh come on. It's right before the dog show. Get him up. You watched it? It's good. It's happy. And um as they do some years, they were going around and interviewing um, you know, Al Roker goes around, he talks to some celebrities, some, some people on the street in the stands. Um, what are you thankful for you this year? You know, family, my friends, uh, my job, food, my health, whatever. So good things. And, and people are thankful. He says, what are you thankful for? They're thankful for that. What, what they don't ask is, who are you thankful to? See, for Thanksgiving to be real, to be full, to make the, the round trip, it, it can't just be a, just a general feeling of being fortunate. You need somebody to be thankful to. It's said that the, the worst place an atheist can get to is being really, really thankful and having no one to thank. Who are you thankful to? Maybe you need somebody to be thankful to. I want to introduce you to him. His name is Jesus. He's the source of every good thing. And if you knew how he felt about you, you'd run to him right now. He wants to give you life. He's not so interested in your past. He's interested in washing you clean and leading you into his future for you. Maybe you have something, someone to be thankful to, but you're not sure what you have to be thankful for. And you really want those unstealable, immovable things implanted in your heart that God is mine and I am his, that he is here, that he loves me, that he is good and he will never let go. Maybe you need more of that. Whatever it is, we've got a chance. We've got a chance because we've got a good God. That's what's on the table. That's the second blessing. That's what he is wooing you into, wooing me, seducing me into. This is our time to respond. Please don't play hard to get.